Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Inspect. My name is Ajay Carwell and in today's episode I want to talk about static site generators and in particular a tool called Jekyll. But before I get into that I'd like to just take a moment to extend a thank you to everyone who's listened so far. So last week this podcast passed the 200 downloads mark um, which is way more than I was expecting at this point and uh, by the looks of things it's going to reach around 250 by the end of this week or at least by the time this, this episode has come out. Unfortunately, iTunes and the other podcast clients, they don't actually give you stats of actual subscribers. So although there has been over 200 downloads, I'm not too sure exactly how many subscribers there are. So I'd, I'd love to get to know everyone a little bit better. And um, what I'd like you to do is, if you are a subscriber of this podcast, if you could reach out to me on Twitter at InspectFM, just drop me a quick message or a tweet or a DM just to say that you're a subscriber. Uh, maybe give me some feedback on what you think of the show so far. Um, any questions that you might like answered or if you'd like to be a guest on the show um, I'd love to have you on as well and um, get some conversations going so just uh, once again just like to say thank you to everyone who's listened so far and uh, looking forward to those numbers increasing uh, more and more and um, yeah okay so on to today's episode which is about static site generators so first of all what is a static site generator it's um it's probably fairly obvious from what the name suggests, it is a tool which generates a static version of a website. So static meaning that all the pages are served up as plain HTML files, uh, CSS, JavaScript and images, just the, the sort of basic building blocks of a website. Before getting into that though, uh, and talking about the actual tools, I'd like to just uh, give a brief history of how websites were built. In the beginning, websites were built as individual HTML files for each page of the website. Any, any common areas of a website, such as the navigation or the footer, they would have to be repeated on every single one of those HTML files, which um, made updating your website quite a, quite a big task because you'd have to make updates to several pages all at once. Obviously, as a site gets bigger, this can become more and more of a nightmare to maintain. Uh, it could lead to inconsistencies, errors, and um, just generally not a very nice way to work. Um, following on from here, you had server-side languages, such as PHP, for example, which allowed you to create reusable templates um, in your code, and the server would convert these to HTML at runtime to be displayed in your web browser. So what this allowed you to do is to create one header and then import that into your different page layouts and create one footer and import that. When you then had to make updates, you would just make updates to that one header file, which would then uh, populate your whole website. Um, the early downside is that this needed server-side hosting. So you needed a host which was compatible with PHP, for example, or ASP.NET. What a static site generator does is it combines those two worlds. So it uses HTML files with standard HTML markup, but then it uses templating tags within that markup to create dynamic content. Um, so you can use variables, you can create partials, you can have conditional statements, you can have loops, um, all within your HTML. And then the static site generator tool will then compile all of these, um, these templates into static HTML files, which then get deployed to a server. So although you are ending up with HTML files for each individual page of your website, when you're actually building the website and writing the code, you are writing in a more server-side language style with 
partials and page layout templates and uh, includes and uh, loops and conditions and so forth. So at the time of recording, there are currently 457 static site generators available. Um, these can all be found on staticsitegenerators.net um, and you can also go to another site called staticgen.com which allows you to filter by different languages and it also has a rough sort of rating of which ones are the most popular. Now, going onto the site, the most popular by far is a tool called Jekyll, which is the one I'm going to be focusing on and it's the one that I use myself. So the inspect.fm uh, website for this podcast is built using Jekyll and my own personal portfolio is built using Jekyll. So I've, I've used it on two projects so far, both fairly small projects, um, but both quite different as well, uh, both achieving different tasks. So Jekyll is available on JekyllRB.com. It runs on Ruby, it's very easy to set up on macOS because Ruby is already pre-installed on the OS. If you're running it on Windows, uh, it's a little bit more involved, but it is documented well and it does run fine on Windows as well. Um, your content is all written in Markdown. It can be written in HTML, but it's encouraged to have your templates written in HTML with, with your content actually written in Markdown. Uh, what this encourages is for your written content to be much more structured because you're using Markdown to, to structure it um, on the page. It also means that a static site generator is great for text-heavy websites like blogs, which is what they were in originally intended for, but also for documentation, which is also another very common use for them. So Jekyll uses a templating language called Liquid, which was developed by the guys over at Shopify. So Liquid is definitely one of the more popular templating languages out there. It's obviously used by Shopify themselves, but of course Jekyll uses it, Salesforce, Zendesk, um, 500px, uh, GitHub, there's a massive list of companies that are using Liquid templating language, either in its in its uh, raw form or some sort of variation of it. And uh, it's very easy to learn, very easy to pick up. If you're if you've got any experience with any other sort of server side language such as PHP or or ASP.NET, picking up Liquid will uh, shouldn't be too too difficult. Um, it's just a little bit of a syntax tweak here and there. Uh, but again, very well documented, um, both on the Liquid's documentation and also on Jekyll's documentation as well. So I suppose the question is now, how does Jekyll actually work? So there is a command that needs to be run in the command line. Um, so when you're creating a new website, you run the Jekyll command to create the website, and then you run a Jekyll serve command, which basically takes all of your templates and your content um, and compiles those all into the individual static HTML files. Now, that doesn't mean there is a slight dependency on using the command line. However, you don't need to necessarily be a, a command line power user to get up and running with Jekyll. I'm by no by no means am I a power user of the command line, but uh, I find it very easy to sort of follow the instructions and and get Jekyll to do exactly what I wanted to do. However, if you are looking for something a little bit more automated, uh, like a traditional CMS such as WordPress, for example, there is a plugin for Jekyll called Jekyll Admin, which is uh, created by the team at Jekyll themselves. And what that does is it gives you a CMS style uh, interface to create your content within Jekyll. Now, this isn't something I've tried myself because I'm fairly comfortable with the way I've got things set up. Um, so I haven't found a need to use it at the moment. But I'll be interested if anyone has the, if anyone out there has used it and um, would like to share their opinions, then uh, yeah, I'll be 
it'd be great to hear that. So like I said, I'm using Jekyll for both the my personal website and for the for this podcast website. And um, I've written up a blog post on my process of setting Jekyll up and how I've organized my templates and how I've organized my uh, my layouts and, and my config. And um, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that article. If you've got no previous experience with Jekyll, that article should get you up and running pretty quickly. And it should give you a good basic understanding of how Jekyll works and what it's used for. Um, I also posted the article to Medium and to the Practical Dev, and it's had uh, it's had a lot of hits on both of those sites. So it's obviously something that people are quite interested in. And uh, the more I use Jekyll, the more I see other people's websites out in the wild that are using Jekyll as well. Um, it seems to be one of those cases where once you start being involved in in a certain tool, you start noticing it everywhere. If you're interested, I also was featured on another podcast called Design vs. Dev with Drew Nolt. This was a few weeks ago, uh, well actually a couple of months ago. It's worth having a listen to that. We did talk about some of the other static site generators as well. We did mainly focus on Jekyll, um, but there's probably things in that episode which I haven't covered in this one. So I do recommend that you listen to that one as well. Again, I'll put a link to that show in the show notes as well. So I mentioned earlier about the Jekyll serve command, which you run in the command line. Once you run this, then Jekyll does its magic in the background and spits out all the static HTML files and all your static assets and puts them into a site folder. And then all you need to do is take that site folder and deploy it to your your hosting via FTP. However, um, there is a way of automating this process as well. Now, the way I do it is using Travis. So Travis is a continuous integration tool which builds and deploys GitHub projects. It's free for public repos, and if you've got any uh, private repos, there is a paid option. Uh, my code is public, and I'll put show- links in the show notes to the code for my website, which you can have a look at, and you'll get an idea of how it's all structured. So because mine is public, I can, I'm able to use the free Travis integration tool, which is great, and I'm able to make changes to my website push them to my GitHub repository, and then Travis takes over. It watches my my repository for changes. When it notices a change, it will then run a build, and then on a successful build, it will then deploy to my FTP host. It's all pretty seamless. The whole process takes about two and a half to three minutes from when I publish to GitHub to when the deploy happens on the website and the, the content is live. And... Um, as, as I've done with the actual setup of Jekyll, I've also written up a, a blog post on my Travis aut- automation setup as well. Um, so yeah, if, if that's something that you're interested in, it's probably worth having a read of that as well. Um, and if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer any questions of my process of, of setting that up. Now, I did come across another tool called Netlify, which is N-E-T-L-I-F-Y. Um, it's a hosting platform which gives you things like CDNs and SSLs, um, continuous integration. But the beauty of it is is that it already integrates with a lot of the, the static site generators. So if you if you were to go to staticgen.com, which I mentioned earlier, a lot of the listings on that site have a deploy to Netlify button, one-click deploy. So you could just hit that button. And what, so what that will allow you to do is you write your code, push it up to Netlify, Netlify will handle all the, the build process and the deploy and push your content live. Very similar to um, Travis, um, 
So Netlify is a paid service starting at $9 a month. Um, they do have a free tier as well, which does have some restrictions. Um, but to make use of all their features, you do need to go to a paid tier. Um, similar to Travis, they do offer a, f a free option for open source projects. So again, if your code is open sourced on GitHub, you could use Netlify to continuously integrate and deploy that code for free in the same way that Travis does. Um, I haven't tried setting up Netlify, but I because of their one-click deploys, I assume that it's going to be pretty straightforward and quite simple. So that's definitely worth uh, checking out too. So yeah, so that's Jekyll in a in a nutshell, um, and hopefully that gives you a rough idea of what static site generators are, what they're good for, when to best use them, how to get them set up, how to get them deployed. Um, it's very easy. I'll recommend at least giving it a try if you've got a blog, if you've got a fairly small website or if you're writing some documentation or even if you're just working to working on a github project and you want to set up a github page then you can use Jekyll um, or one of the other static site generators to create that content and get it deployed very very quickly um, one of the added benefits of static site generators is that because you're not relying on any sort of server-side code your site should in theory, run a lot faster and load a lot quicker because all of the site, all of the content is static, all of it can be cached in the browser. So, especially on repeat visits, you should get a nice speedy website. So, it's definitely made a difference for me, and I'm sure it can make a difference for you. So, I recommend checking it out and um, let me know how you get on. So, once again, just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened so far. Thank you for getting those numbers past the 200 downloads mark. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. I'd love to have some feedback or any suggestions for the show. You can catch me on Twitter at InspectFM or you can email me on InspectFM at gmail.com and uh, all the contact details are available in the show notes as well as all the links to any tools and sites mentioned in the episode. And um, I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.